Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Kingdom Speak. We have an old friend on the show today, and he is here with a highly controversial discussion about morality. Welcome to Kingdom Speak, Pastor Daniel McKillop. Setting me up, Bishop. He's locked and loaded. It's he wow. won't, he just doesn't come on the podcast. Now he comes on with these topics that are Oof. Wow. I sure hope everyone's ready. I'm ready. Oh. It's been a week. Oh. <laughs> I was I was about to, I was, I was about to prime you. I gotcha. Well, I was about to prime you. It's been like a week. A week and a day. Yeah. It's been, Where you been? It's yeah. been a while. Wow. Thank God it's Friday. Good King, Friday. Kingdom Speak is out. Oh, we're going to have a good weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good Friday. Hey, we got a review. This may be, I don't, I don't know. I think this is the first review from Norway we've ever received. Well, it's probably a response. Remember, you called them out. Norway. That's right. And yeah. they have responded, everyone. Yeah. Norway heard and responded. It wasn't a bot. It was a real person listening. No kidding. <laughs> wow. Listen to this. Hello from Norway. Hello from an apostolic church here in Norway. The Lord is good. Thank you for your wonderful work, great teachings and preachings. Love to listen and learn more about the things of God. It's truly a blessing. Keep it up. That is from Marlena in Norway. Oh, yeah. Come on. Thank you very much. All the way from Norway. That's five stars on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. Thank you, Marlene. We appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. She's thank you representing well. Oh. Do I get the same applauses as Marlena from Norway gets? <laughs> Look, we're we're going to ease in. It's, See, he's punching already. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to. Take the claws off. He's punching. <laughs> Isn't there good fighters that come from Brazil? Like what it is, is, is he started off last year, the first, first episode, mm-hmm. Pandemic Missionary Life. Yeah. Mm. And he told us he's going to help our numbers. Yep. Yep. And man, he threw us on a trajectory that's still. So we reviewed everything, Bishop, and, and we're in need of another boost. Yeah, we're in a slump right now. We're in need of another boost. <laughs> so we needed the one, the only, Bishop Lambeth. There they are. They come love, back. They love missionary there we go. There they go. There they go. <laughs> The world is applauding yes. right now. Please, everyone, sit down. Yeah. We, we need to get on with the podcast. <laughs> Keep driving your car. Yes. <laughs> we need hands on the yes. wheel here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How you doing, Bishop? We're honored to have you back on Kingdom Speak. I'm so glad to be back with friends and with your audience. It's uh, it's a wonderful group of, of apostolics around the world um, at Kingdom Speak. That's great. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Yes, Crowd, sir. Crowdfaithing um, has been doing still very well. So yeah, people appreciate. We got comments you. just this past week, actually, yeah. on that episode. It's yeah. still, still resonating with with our our listeners. So thank you. I honor. I honor. Thank, thank you. Crowdfaithing was a bit, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Broad and it's you know audience and it could be used anywhere. Now this one here. I, I see what you did. You set people up, you know, you, you opened the door uh, with this generalized topic and now yeah. that you got them, 
you're going to hit them. Well, right? it's kind of like you know you you got to get them within arm's length. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. You, you're not. He's not a shadow boxer. No. Yeah. So we're we're, we're going to land. We're going to land a few today. <laughs> that welcoming spirit is about to change. We're losing people, man. They are. They are like shutting it off right now. <clears throat> I'm out. I'm going back and listen to crowd faithing. <laughs> Let's just talk about the pandemic. Let's go way back. <laughs> now, this is going to be great. Bishop. This is going to be great. We we were talking um, before the show, just kind of setting up mm-hmm. today. And man, this is, this is going to be an incredible discussion on morality. Very cool. Morals, that which is moral, that which is immoral, and that which is Amoral, I believe, is how you identified it. Is that is that right? That's right. It's um, there's uh, there's three categories, and uh, one of them is sort of immoral is a person or a situation where that you know what you're doing is wrong, and you go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. Moral is when you know something is right. Mm-hmm. And you do it. Mm-hmm. And amoral is when you don't know or you don't care if it's right or wrong, and you just do it. No, the, the the it's you know there's not right or wrong. It's just whatever it is, it is. So so what uh, you have, what you've just identified is is really uh, people demographics. You have moral people, immoral people, and amoral people or actions, moral actions, immoral actions, and amoral actions. I would put it at actions because there's people. People can go either way or all three ways. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes they tag all three. It's the category of their actions. Right. Does motive play a role in this? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. especially on the immoral. Uh, the Bible says the guy that sowed the tares, uh, he said an enemy hath done this. Yes. That was an immoral act done on purpose. Did Cain, did Cain kill Abel on purpose or just accident? By mm. Not necessarily by accident, but just by a, a psychological uh, crisis. You know, another one I thought of, you were just saying about Cain, it's when David and his his cohort of men find Saul in the cave. And I've always found that so interesting that his men say to David, God has put him in your hands. Oh, for sure. They tried to make it, they tried to make it, you know. Which it would appeal to the humanistic (laughs) element. Oh, yeah. This has got to be the moral thing to do. Right. Wow. Right? Wow. That is very well put. Well, very I try well. to keep up. I try to keep up with you guys. <laughs> what you're trying to do is get a raise from Daniel McKillop. <laughs> yeah. What we're doing is we, we write it on post-it notes and slide yeah. it to him under Thank the you, camera. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Randy. <laughs> yes. That was producer Randy. He works the, the Google Bible the entire yes. episode yes. trying to find these things. <laughs> what does amoral mean? Here, Derek. <laughs> Bishop, where, 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 where did this come from? Where, where this started for yeah. me was I read a book that's just recently out. It just came out a couple of months ago called The Bomber Mafia, written by a very famous author, uh, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. 
And he wrote The Tipping Point, which I considered a very good book. Have you read his book on uh, talking to strangers? I haven't, but I haven't read it. Have you? Oh, uh, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, read. I yeah. Get, Sorry to I interject. That's what I'll do when I get back in from my trip to Santa Maria, which is four hours away. I'll get home at three o'clock. I can always read from three to four, you know, and get up at seven and go to work. Missionaries are supposed to work 24 hours a day. But anyway. <laughs> yes, that's right. It was like a little rant, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you mean you take uh, an hour a day off? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if the the prisoners at maximum prisons have the right to have a a sun bath for one hour a day, why can't I have one? You know know what? This is true. Raise your hand if you think missionary Brad Lambeth needs an hour a day to read. I I would support that. Yeah. 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 That would be unanimous on Kingdom Speak. Yep. (laughs) So you're reading this book. He wrote wrote this book, and um, it's an interesting book. It's not his best, but it's an interesting book about a bomb site that was invented early World War II, which was designed to be a very accurate bombing site. In other words, they put them in the airplane. They were huge. They were the size of a large suitcase. And if a plane were to crash, the orders were that the plane can do whatever you want to, but the bomb site was supposed to be destroyed because it was such a valuable instrument. And so as you approached over the target, this bombing site would allow you to precision bomb Hmm. a factory or, you know, a a war site, a bridge, precision bomb. And the men that were running this, the the Air Force guys, they, they were, a lot of them were very morally inclined. They didn't want to hurt civilians. And they saw the bomb site as a moral instrument of war. It would keep right. the casualties of the civilians low. And so it was so like, tried- can I ask you this? Was it like an op- optical thing where they looked into it and could zoom in on the house or whatever they were trying to attack? It, it was, it had, I read about it before the book, I already knew about it. It has a telescope on it. And so you use a telescope to focus in on the, 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 the place you're going to bomb. This is, several miles away before you get there. Okay. And so then you adjust to the altitude, then you adjust to the temperature, then you adjust to the speed of the airplane. All of this plays in so that when you hit the button, when you're told by the bombing site to hit the button, it drops and it will drop even though you're not over the target, the wind will take it to where it's supposed to, you know, it it was very precision. Kind of an analytical or analog Mm. approach to what is digitally done now with heat seeking and all that. Yeah. There was one major defect and it would not work with cloud cover. If there was clouds, mm-hmm. it course. would work. You could have the visual right. fix on mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so they tried to use it. It's very, it's very sad story. They tried to use it on some major ball bearing bearing companies or, or manufacturing sites of the Germans okay. and they lost because the cloud cover was wrong and they, they lost uh, 300 or 400 airmen because they got slaughtered over it. Hmm. They got wow. slaughtered. Wow. And so that started creating some of these ideas. Well, why should we lose 300 trying to bomb 
a factory without hitting civilians. Right. And there was something that started changing in their mind. This is what bothers me. This bothers me. Their mind started changing. Mm. And so there was two main guys in, in this book. Uh, the other guy's name, the, the moral guy, I don't even remember his name, Hoffman, I think, or Huffman. But the guy that started changing his mind, his name was LeMay. Mm-hmm. And LeMay, he was, he was transferred to the, the Japanese front. And they were facing the same problem. They tried to use the bomb site, and it wouldn't work because, in the first place, they didn't know if there was clouds over the target or not mm-hmm. because they didn't have weather radars. Sure. And so they would fly, and they couldn't drop their bombs. And so they'd come back without dropping their bombs because they didn't want to drop them on anyone. And so this LeMay, he found out that there was these gasoline, these congealed gasoline bombs that were coming out. Right. And he ordered them. Mm-hmm. And he loaded the aircraft and he started doing nighttime flights, which the bomb site wouldn't work because it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. And so they just fly over Tokyo in one night, the first time he used it. The first time he used it, he went, his mind changed. His mind changed. His 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 thought process. This is this is this bothers me. His thought process started changing. He said, he said, why should we worry about civilians if we're losing our own guys? Right. So what we'll do, we'll just kill anybody That's in right. order to exchange to save our guys. Right. And so they started bombing with gasoline bombs over Tokyo. One the first night they used it over Tokyo. Mm-hmm. There was over a hundred thousand people that died in sixteen square miles of flames. Wow! And he started he started bombing everybody at night. Uh, everybody, every city in Japan. There were more people that died from fire bombs than they died in Hiroshima from the atomic bomb. Wow! And so that is when morality becomes or moral becomes immoral because he did it deliberately. He did it mm. knowing what he was doing. Mm. Yes. And so here's the problem, Pastor McKillop and Brother Derek. Here's the problem. So we're faced, you know, is it is it justifiable? Here's the problem. Is it justifiable to that the end justifies the, the means. means. That's what it all comes down to. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Does, uh, the, yeah. does the end justify the means? Does it or doesn't it? That's the problem. Wow. Are we, can we, can we do things that technically may not be moral? Mm-hmm. Can we do it? And can we do it without it affecting our our minds and how we think that's very true because we're we are in a warfare very much so very much so so there's wow, we're, that's a tremendous statement yes we are in a warfare yes, so we're, we we're, we're not we're not talking about uh picnics in the park <laughs> no no why did y'all choose this subject? This this stuff gets me agitated. <laughs> <laughs> oh. it's, it's true. It's true. We're we're we're, we're can we? Uh, and, and so you look, and it's what being done. Is it moral or immoral? Mm-hmm. Is it justifiable or is it not justifiable? Remembering that. Remembering that. We answer in the end for what we do. 
Yeah. Sure we do. Well, yeah, the the term I'm thinking of is collateral damage. Okay, that's so, a good term. So you you do what you wanted to do, but there are the unintended circumstances and consequences that. Well, and maybe maybe we shouldn't even say wanted. You you were forced. You needed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this this is happening. This is unfolding the day that we're recording this, um, and I I don't suspect it's going to be any different a week from now when we release it. But you know the the conflict between Israel and and Gaza mm-hmm. right now. I mean. So it, it's easy for the Monday morning quarterback um, talk show host to say okay. Israel should practice restraint. That's good. That's good. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. go ahead. If, if you want to talk about Israel, I read a thing about Israel yesterday. So they... they, they which is about a 10 or 15 story, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're in the Gaza Strip. Well, what I found interesting about the story was that Israel sent a drone before they struck the building. On that tower. Yeah, the infamous tower. Yeah. And, they, and, they, and, they, and the drone dropped these mock bombs to hit up against the building to warn people this is what's going to be happening in 15 minutes from now. Right. You know, or whatever. Well, okay, did, did you, see the, uh, you, you see the footage? The footage that I saw of it had a cameraman there. His camera was set on a tripod. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. shooting with another camera, so he's got one recording the video. I, I, you, he wasn't just. He didn't just happen to be at the right place at the right time. They knew that building was going down. They knew it. They knew okay. it. So Israel supposedly is trying to act within moral mm-hmm. guidelines. Hey, we don't want to kill civilians. Right. They're being accused of killing them. So, you know, that's another debate for another day. So, which is right, doing what they did or just sending rockets over to Tel Aviv and whatever and just fall where they may and happen what may happen, you know? Well, and, and here, here's here's um, what I, I heard yesterday. I believe it was Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, was – trying to encourage the Biden administration as an ally of Israel, trying to coax them into uh, not alienating their their ally and saying, look, this is a fair to use to use our our uh, our terms today. Our, this is a fair moral move by America to supply Israel with the needed missiles for the iron dome because they're 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 fearful that they're going to run low the stockpile is going to run low just because they're being the barrage is just constant so the statement that he made which was fascinating to me is that this is this is this is an easy call for the biden administration because the missiles that we're giving to israel are for the iron dome and they will never be pointed at people they will always be pointed at incoming missiles so in other words, the moral argument mm-hmm. is that these missiles will always be used as defense mechanisms rather than an offensive military uh, move. Very well put. Very well put. Very well put. I mean, interesting. Here's the problem that happens at what uh, what been bothering me is the fact that the long-term consequences, which cannot necessarily be measured right now, mm-hmm. 
will show up based on decisions made today will show up a week, a month, a year, 10 years from now. For sure they will. For sure they will. Yeah. And so who answers for wrong, immoral, or amoral decisions? Who answers for that? Hmm. Right, because well, it, it, Benjamin Netanyahu, in, in the case of this, is voted out, and he's he's gone and, and retired yeah. and, re, you know, or, or for that matter, even dead. And we, we, we see this. Governments have inherited the immoral actions of previous administrations. So they, they have to pay out, buy out, settle. Very well put. And so is that or is that not happening in Pentecost today? Are well, we are we trying to speed up? And I, as, as a missionary, I face the same things. Mm-hmm. So look, look at me from a missionary viewpoint. Okay, so here's someone that comes up to me. We deal mainly with first-generation people, you know, uh, people that no one in their family has ever been in church. They're the first ones that come to church. In a general sense, that's what missionary work is all about. And so they come up, they're they don't know Bible. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't, they don't have a deep understanding of biblical concepts and principles and this and this and that. And so they say, can I do this? <laughs> is this kosher? Is this allowed? Yeah. And so I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example, which was not necessarily under my uh, administration as per se, but I feel the consequences years and years and years and years ago. Some of the churches that we have today were uh, founded or built up or whatever you want to put it by a missionary, a woman missionary that was in Brazil in the 60s. And we'll leave her name out of it. She has, she's dead anyway. But okay, so this woman missionary, she on her own, she was she was a single woman. She she just came to do something for God. And so uh and so people came up to her and they asked her, they said, do I have to pay tithe? I'm so poor. I'm so poor. Do I have to pay tithe? I mean, if I was rich, I'd be glad to. I'm poor. I can't, yeah. you know, I can't do it. And so she gave them exemption yeah. of not paying tithe, not giving tithe. Mm-hmm. And so, was that moral? Was that immoral? Or was she just not even knowing what she was doing amoral? In the sense of no, you don't have to pay time. So she 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 cut back on their blessings for years. Quite possibly caused them to be yeah. cursed. <laughs> very much. Very much. Yeah. And it's taken us years to undo what she done among these family members that stayed in the church, you know, let's say now the second generation and their mindset, they're saying, Hey, she said we didn't have to. Mm. You're saying, you know, so you plant seeds that bring consequences that someone has to answer for. Wow. For sure. Are we ready for that? Do we have people, do we have men of God, do we have a ministry that's 
ready and willing to, if you really want to get your numbers up, we can always talk about television. Yeah. You yeah. know? Absolutely. So is it moral or not moral to use television to reach the lost? Mm-hmm. Well, well while, while, while you were bringing that up, okay, so we're in a warfare. That's I that's. Noticed, I noticed that Derek is nervous because he kept on fiddling with his coat. Yeah, I have a question, but I'm just holding it off. Actually, <laughs> let your let your pastors talk. <laughs> <laughs> so we've already established. We, I mean, we're the Apostolic Church is in the trenches, man. Wow. Okay? Oh we're we're in the trenches. So we've dealt with things the last 13, 14 months that at least in recent church history has has been it's it's been unchecked, unchallenged. No, there's no there's no manuals with do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this. We can't we can't even look back to you know the medical community is has rightly or wrongfully, and not to get derailed on that, has tried to take some of their uh moral compass, if you will, off of how the Spanish flu and other pandemics, global pandemics, were handled. The church, we we can't look back to that. So if God tarries, which I'm not sure that's, we've got much time, but if he does, what decisions have we deemed appropriate responses to dealing with the pandemic throughout this 13, 14 months that have been the seed beds, as you will, as you cited this lady, that when I'm dead and gone, a future church leader is having to make adjustments because of something that I I, I maybe did ignorantly. I, That's okay, and you, you brought the, the reason I'm saying that is you, you brought up television. So a lot of churches, and we are one, we never streamed our services. We we didn't we didn't utilize technology for this. It was man, if you if you want it, get in underneath the shingles. This is where it's happening. You know, come under the roof. This is this is it. Our, our approach had to change. So is is it is it immoral to do that? Is it immoral to use television, as you said, as a tool? And it was attempted. And it was attempted. If you go back to Pentecostal history in the 70s, without the names again, it was a big issue among some organizations of whether it was kosher or not kosher to have television programs. It's, it's complicated. It's mm. complicated. Yeah. You know? And it, we, we, it's... You know, I don't know. It, it, I, I, I get almost at loss for words. Let me let me give you let me give you let me give you a Bible example of what, uh, you know, of how that how that uh, um, how that a situation can quickly people say, oh, that doesn't happen. You know, that it's not like you say it is. There is a big Bible example. The reason why I say big because it occupies three whole chapters of the Bible of the story of Balaam and Balak. Oh yeah. And, and, and so if you get all the answers to that story, I'm listening. 
that's Derek. He knows all the answers. <laughs> you guys are terrible. <laughs> um, Producer Randy's enjoying this because he's oh, getting a break yeah. today. Ooh, he's getting day. a break yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> um, I'll start picking on him if you prefer. Oh, <laughs> no, no. This is good. This is good. But, but Balak was amoral. My Lord have mercy. Balak was amoral. As a pagan king, had no notions of right or wrong. He just had something he had to take care of. Hey, these people are coming in my backyard. I need to get them cursed. So he's amoral. He has no, he's just got something he wants to take care of. Don't care how it happens, what it does, just whatever it takes. Let's get rid of these people. He's amoral. So he seeks out for a prophet. And this search for him for a prophet was not made in the sense that because he's a right, righteous man, it's just because I heard you get the job done. Let's do it. How much you want? And in the first round, in the first round, Balaam is moral. Balaam is moral mm. in the sense, uh, hey, uh, 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 these people are chosen people of God. You can't touch them. Mm -hmm. So he's moral. But as you read into the story, he starts leaning toward immoral things because he's wanting the money. He's wanting the accolades. He's wanting the fame. And he's trying to get God one way or another to allow him to curse these people that he doesn't even know who they are. Wow. Wow. And you, you, and you raise a very interesting, uh, a very interesting yeah. point here. Money. That plays quite a role in this whole discussion because money really is amoral. It can be used for moral things. It can be used wow. for immoral. Wow. Things. Mm -hmm. There we go. Mm -hmm. There we go. There we go. I mean, you, okay. you can, you can, you can use silver and gold to drop in the cup of the guy that's at the gate. Beautiful. Or you can use silver and gold to betray Jesus Christ. Very well put. Very well put. Very well put. Okay. Keep that, keep that on the back burner as, as some say, keep that, uh, uh, burning on the back stove there. Okay. So if you read, th this bothers me. If you read, if you read about, about Balaam, you notice his, his change from moral to immoral. Mm. Balak has nothing to do. Balak is amoral. It doesn't, Hey, this is Brazilian for, I don't, you know, anyway. So, uh, it, you know, but you notice Balaam starting to lean strongly toward money and fame. Wow. And God won't let him do it. God won't let him do it. Wow. So Balaam exits the story. And if you go and read Jude, Second Peter, I think, Revelation, there's several mentions of Balaam. Yeah, there and is. He says he 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 induced them 
to sin. So the Jewish rabbis say that Balaam said, look, I failed in earning my money through prophecy, but I'll give you the secret of how you can destroy them and let God destroy them, which is another part of the story of what we're talking about. Will God destroy what he sees as immoral things? Will God step in? Mm. And oh my gosh, and will God step in and curse us because we were willing to raise a golden calf in the valley while Moses is up on the mountain talking to God? Is the golden calf amoral, immoral, or moral? Wow. So, and so Balaam tells. Balak, supposedly, hey, bring in the girls, let them do their fornication. Sex thing, yep. You know, and their fornication or whatever. Yep. And God will destroy them. And God did. Of course. God did. Because it was immoral. Well, yeah, because then we're back to the discussion of fornication can never be made moral. Right. Wow. <laughs> never. My Lord, have mercy. However, however, you and I would have to agree that there are cases in Pentecost where they try to whitewash that to of make it look horse. moral in order to avoid losing numbers. Or a profit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that could be a P-R-O-P-H-E-T. It's going to put some crickets in here. <laughs> that could be a profit as in P-R-O-P-H-E-T or P-R-O-F-I-T. Either way. <laughs> we wow. don't want to lose either one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And did you know, did you know that Balaam, which is not very much noticed, but at the end of the book of Numbers, Balaam was killed by Israel. Balaam died at the sword of Israel, the very people that he supposedly was doing you, you know, morally toward them by cursing them. You know, one of the fascinating things to me about that story is that he starts by highlighting Bishop the, it says that he observed them in their tents camping according to their standard. In other words, each tribe in order, mm-hmm. okay, w- w- by the book, structured yep. around the tabernacle, and he couldn't curse them, which is an interesting discussion because our standards do make a difference. So the, the standard was protecting the people. That, that clear line of Levi is here, Judah is here, all of the tribes' distinction separation god likes distinction what in Which, go ahead by the way the structured structure also protected the tabernacle that was at the center of course yes which i think was one of the primary objectives it protects the glory so what what intrigues me about this cuz i i want to get back to what you're saying but this just came back to me. What really intrigues me about this story is that before it's over, he is introducing 
to them the concept of blurring the lines. Bring bring the girls from outside the standard in. Wow. Let them let them become intimate. So the the and and it's known throughout Revelations as the doctrine of Balaam. Yeah. Of Balaam. It, it shows be- up in the it shows up in the seven churches of, of yeah, Revelation. Exactly. So it's like the doctrine of separation and the doctrine of Balaam, which is assimilate. Assimilate. Become intimate with it. So you're getting to the point now from what you're discussing or what you're saying that we no longer have the option of claiming a moral situation, not knowing or caring what is right or wrong. Now we're being forced by God's manifestation of knowing exactly what God considers as moral. And yet there are still people that insist on doing immorally. Wow. And, 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 and it knows no bounds. Hophni and Phineas are in the most holy place doing the most, most immoral acts. Wow. And they tried to blur the line. Okay, let's go to them. Did they know what they were doing was wrong? Or were they acting on an amoral mindset, which pushed them over into immoral action? Okay. That's a very confusing no, I, I get what you're saying. Let, let me let me ask you though, because before we started recording, you highlighted if we can go back to the story of the 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 bomber, the what is it, the bomber mafia, mm-hmm. that this guy that 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 his that his thinking started shifting from why should I be worried about killing more of them when me trying to prevent the casual, the mass casualties on their side is costing me men, then um, I'm just going to indiscriminately begin bombing. And amongst them, be it. Doesn't matter to me. That's okay? exactly what he and exactly but, but you referenced something that you said he began operating outside of the umbrella of authority mm-hmm. without any hierarchy signing off that this indiscriminate approach to just blanket bombing Tokyo was permitted. So did yeah. that, it, does that play a role in a Hophni and Phineas who is offering strange fire? Um, is, is the fire strange because it was purple or is the fire strange because they were not authorized ooh. to be offering it? Ooh, 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 ooh. Ouch. Ouch. You don't want to go there because there are situations that we're facing in Pentecost today of people that are doing things, in my opinion, unauthorized. So that's the right action. I mean, the right action, offering fire, the, 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 they do it every day. Well, and it's supposed to, the fire is never to go out. That's their, that's supposed to happen. But the fact that they are immoral in their approach or unauthorized in their approach makes, the otherwise moral action, a stench in the nostrils of God. Wow. That's, 
that right there takes your breath away. Oh, it's, it's uh, pastor McKillop. Listen, as a pastor, as a missionary, I have quote unquote, much, and I'll use the word kindly, much authorization or much power to make a lot of decisions, but they scare me because I'm dealing very close to the structure of what God's church is. Right. And I can't offer using your words. I can't offer purple fire at the altar just because it's on sale downtown. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. The casual observer peering in may thought, I doubt they would have observed anything was wrong with the fire. It was God that. I doubt, that, it, I doubt it too. I doubt it too. I doubt it too. I doubt it too. I think that right in their case, I think that the issue was immoral issues in the heart, which are very hard. Oh my God. Yeah. Very hard to notice on the outside until it's too late. Oh God. Absolutely. Very hard. It's very hard to notice until it's too late. Very hard to notice. You know, it's uh, you, 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 you can go through the Bible and I gave the example of, of, of Balaam who, uh, who was dealing with an amoral king, but you can go to another amoral king. You can go to Nebuchadnezzar and amoral Nebuchadnezzar, at least at the point that I'm referring to, he says, okay, I'm going to build this statue and play the music and everyone bows their, their knee to it. Well, his use of music in that sense, in a way, his using of it is an amoral thing because he doesn't care. And if he does care, no, it doesn't matter to him. It's right or wrong to use music to make people worship you as a God. Right. So, so you, have men, you have three young men hmm. who are moral enough to realize wow. this is, this is a God's music. This is. Wow. Because that that music was ushering that entire assembly Don't go there. Don't into go there. idolatry. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't say it. You'll lose numbers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think they're coming. I think they're coming. I think the numbers are coming. No, but that's a very thing. Okay, is music in and of itself wrong? No, but then you got to ask, why are you doing it? I've I've had this discussion. Sadly, sadly, I'm I'm a musician. Okay, I've had the discussion and had the privilege to be around some guys that are very talented musicians. Okay, some of them sadly have moved on, and they're no longer they're no longer in the ranks of of the apostolic movement. Oh, and I've heard them make statements like, yeah, I, I can get everybody shouting. Now, that's problematic. It is. Okay, what you just said, that sentence you just said, is that moral, amoral, or immoral? I think at that point, uh, just, just shooting from the cuff, I think at that point, it's kind of like, is money moral or immoral? I think it comes back to what the intention is behind it. So we're right. getting closer. We're getting we're getting deeper now. What is the intention behind the action? Is what makes it moral or immoral? Wow! Absolutely, that's it. 
So if if I'm if I'm there, okay, let, let, let me let me put it all on me. So it's it's um Tuesday night. I don't have anything really burning on me to preach. And I got a I've got a I got the A-line team on the platform, all of the talented guys there, and I go, we're gonna shout them tonight. Okay. Now Unless God led that to happen, is it worship or idolatry at that? Like where, where the very same thing that could lead people, I'm not against shouting. We shout, man. But, but, but at some point, if the objective is to get them to do this, the same can be to get them on their face, on their face. I, I heard verbal bean make that statement that you can, you can you can play a guitar and just because you're in a melan- melancholy mood. Apparently, he played the guitar. Just you you can get people so depressed just because you're feeling melancholy, and it's got nothing to do with the spirit. So I'm I'm not talking about the beat of the drum per se, or the feverish pitch. It, it's about why you're doing what you're doing. So music can either lead people. So I guess that'd be my 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 answer to what you're saying is music can either lead people to worship God or an image. Wow. Now that is a sermon that can preach right there. But the antidote to all of that, the antidote to getting back away from immoral, immoral or immorality, if that, is that right? Immoral issues. Mm-hmm. It shows up in the church and says you have left your first love. You need to get back to your first love. If you get back to your first love, you get away from immoral and past amoral, and you get back to moral. You get back to what you really know is right and what needs to be done. The right thing done at the wrong time or for the wrong reason can be catastrophic. Not only catastrophic in the immediate zone, but catastrophic in generational issues is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Are we are we paying the piper now for decisions that were made in the 70s? I don't know. So let, let me ask you this. Seeing how we're we're just tagging issues that, that potentially could be. Okay. Um, what about evangelism? No, no, that's you don't want to go there. You don't want to go there if you lose numbers. Uh, oh, evangelism's all about numbers. <laughs> and that's very well put. Who of us don't want a major revival? Who doesn't want <laughs> count me in the Holy Ghost in one night? Right. Who doesn't? Right. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? But the flip side of that, the flip side of that is that you may pursue the hundred soul revival and ignore the necessity of discipleship after they get the Holy Ghost. Right. <laughs> right. Especially, okay. I got a Bible bomb that. Yeah, that was a pretty good. <laughs> Very good, Missionary Lambeth. Was that an authorized bomb drop <laughs> precision? 
That was precisely on the target. Precision bombing. <laughs> no cloud cover here, boys. <laughs> Seen that one from a mile yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was precision bombing. Okay, because if the objective is that I can I can bolster my social media presence amongst apostolics by the number of people I've baptized, the amount of 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 folks that I'm praying through. But when I when I go to a church like that, at some point if it's not materializing and reflecting that, then the question really does become, are we after souls or numbers? Yeah, but there's a flip side to that. There's a flip side to that. I remember distinctly as a missionary, I get to go to a lot of churches and I walk in for one service and walk out. So I get, I get to visit a lot of churches. I remember distinctly going to one church and I got in a discussion, not about moral or immoral or amoral, but I just, uh, anyway, I said, well, how do you, how do you, how do you, what, what's your evangelism plan? What, what, what's your outreach? He said, Oh no, no, no. This, I, this marked me as a young minister. He said, oh, no, no. He said, my job, this is what he told me, almost verbatim, I memorized it. He said, my job is to open the doors of the church and preach. He said, it's God's job to send people to church. If they don't come, I don't go after them. So he didn't start a church, did he? <laughs> <laughs> now thinking about it probably not he got voted no. in <laughs> he, he clearly yeah. didn't start a church yeah. after about in. six years of preaching to pews he, he got tired of that idea yeah yeah okay but yeah. but in fairness looking at this coin from from every this or, or this prism from every perspective evangelism is fraught with minefields. So I know that I'm not the only pastor that has experienced this. You bring somebody in, you work with them, you try to disciple them, you know, and they end up running off with one of your young ladies, or if it's a young lady coming in with one of your young men, and they both backslide. So instead of instead of saving one, you lose two. Lose two. So then at that point is the safest thing for an established church just to slip into is is the moral thing for that church, a church like ours. We're here, we're good. Let's just slip into survival mode. It 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 may be maybe it's safer that way. Maybe it's safer that way. Maybe it is. And it also brings people to make rules to defend their kingdom status which really doesn't necessarily have full approval in Bible principles, you know, try, you know, trying to make it up. And we, you know, uh, uh, talking about issues or making issues, major things when they may be issues you face on a local level, but we can't make it a fully approved Bible principle just because we're facing one problem in one single isolated field. Yeah. So you end up messing around in situations that don't belong. It's sad. 
in Santa, and that scares me. I want I want to make sure God's kingdom is goes forward to the best of its intended purpose. And yet at the same time, it's also my duty to keep the church protected, like you had mentioned, by the standard around the standards around the tabernacle. Right. So it's it's a very delicate line to walk. And what we've got to be careful. Spirit led, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Be spirit led. Yeah. Yeah. You had a question, Brother Derek. Oh, boy. I don't know if I want to do this or not. Okay, here we go. Do we need a break first? Are you good? <laughs> okay, here we go. Really be bad. It must really be bad. So in your okay. vast experience as a global missionary pioneer. I'm not a global. I'm a... <laughs> hey, I'm just giving honor where honor is due. Yeah. Have you, have you seen instances where amoral actions or issues were given a really bad reputation and it really wasn't about the action or the issue. Do you think that happens where, you know, so I think we talked about this maybe off the air, but someone dying can be the result of a murder, right? Which was intentional, really bad action. It could be because somebody had an accident and hit someone. Self-defense. It could be you defending your home. So you really can't criticize the action. The loss of life is not always murder. Exactly. Yeah. But zoning it in on the church, I want to put you in a really tough corner here to get some controversial comments, basically, is what I'm going for. Uh, <laughs> but numbers. Do you, have you, have you, yes, numbers. Have you seen that transpire where maybe an issue... It's not really about the issue. Yes, I have. I'm just trying to trying to think of something that would be clear that I could state. You I know, mean, that would, yes, while you're yes. thinking, I know we we've talked about this in a few episodes about streaming, you know, and yep. how the use of technology yep. has got a really bad. Okay, rap, so right? let let me let me throw this out, Bishop. Maybe this is one. Um, why why do you allow? your church to utilize the internet, but you do not allow them to, to, to have television. What, how, how can, is, would that be one? I know that, I know that's, I know that's a, a red hot issue. Mm. Um, I'm just asking to highlight. That's hard to answer. Yeah. That's hard to answer. Uh, it's, uh, I can't, you know, if we're answering the question, what's the difference between television and internet, technically there really isn't much of a difference. Mm. Yeah. The only, the only thing that I would say, and this is, this is what I've, and I think, I think this discussion mm. highlights. Yeah we're, here, yeah. we're here right now on internet. Yeah. No, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> and not on television. Right. And not on television. Right. I, I think if anything, though, it comes back to this: the medium, the medium has got to be controllable. So, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. So I would venture to say that the internet, mm. in and of itself, could be a lot more dangerous 
than but it's more controllable so it's kind of back to like when the Bible says you, you either have to make the tree good or make it evil. I think the difference as it relates to television mm. is that it's a whole lot more difficult to control the fruit of it than it is for you to control the fruit of the Internet. Very well put. So, Very well put. so it's kind of like going to a buffet and the guy is feeding you versus you taking a spoon and going, I'll take this and this and this and you can hold asparagus, please. Very well put. Very so if you well can make put. it good, Very it's amoral. Well, that comes back to the right. discussion mm-hmm. of morality, right. moral, mm-hmm. immoral, amoral. Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you make it good? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Based on what you're saying, is television totally neutral, or does it have a life of itself? Mm-hmm. Is internet neutral, or does it have a life of itself? Mm-hmm. Well, I think... So, Go ahead. For, for example, for example, one of the things I wrote down in my notes here, we're coming into an era of robots, era of robots. Yeah. And robots technically are neutral. In other words, they do what they're told to do or they're programmed to do. Mm-hmm. But now with artificial intelligence coming onto the scene, they're taking on a life of their own self. Mm-hmm. So how far do you use a robot and how far do you keep a robot out of your life? That will be a question for two years from now. If the Lord hasn't come, we can come back and talk of whether robots sure. are a sin or not. Because, because there is a discussion, and I've, I've had this discussion, of robots, and, and I'm trying to be as careful for our audience's sake, but that their intention is for immoral purposes. Yes, it is. So yes, it is. someone is intimate with them, Yes. But they're not intimate with their neighbor's wife. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is 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 intimacy with robots adultery? What? There we go. <laughs> Brother Derek has the answer for that. <laughs> Things I never thought I would hear on this podcast. <laughs> but hey, I asked the question, right? You, you brought it up. <laughs> You're the one that brought it up. Okay, but back... Back to the discussion, because, I mean, if we roll, if we roll back 100 years or 80 years, it was about radio. It was. And I'm sure it got a bad rap at the time. Right. right. I yeah. can remember growing up when we, we were just beginning to go to arenas to play hockey instead of playing sports arenas, instead of playing outdoors. Mm-hmm. And why? Well, just... Up to that, you could never control the entire atmosphere of the arena. You always had to go, and it demanded that you were intimate and interacted with with elements that you could not control, whether it be the music they played, the atmosphere, okay? Then it switched. Now we're renting the whole structure. We control the atmosphere. We've got the chuck wagon gang blaring, and we're having a great time. Okay, so there's nothing wrong with the building. It's a matter that, that's that's an amoral institution. If if you can make it good, mm-hmm. wow. So I think the struggle is is I, I don't know. Can you make Hollywood good? I think the answer is no. In the end, our discussion for the last forty seven minutes, which y'all are running out of time, because at one hour I start charging overtime. Okay. Um, Time to wrap it up, producer Randy. All right. Cue the music. The real discussion 
is about amoral things which tend to turn to moral or immoral. And we're having a difficult time of controlling amoral things and turning them into moral things where there's others that are turning them into immoral things. Okay. So is this, is this part of the solution to this? Does it come back to what you said, the general in, in Tokyo was operating outside the sphere of his authority? Yes. Does it, does authority within the local autonomous church, the man of God, does he not, through being spirit-led, help keep the side, the sideboards, the guardrails on the highway? I, th- I think that is the job of the fivefold ministry, if never before, certainly now. Wow. I really do. I really do. What a responsibility. I think, I think yes. And I think we're negotiating, navigating waters. It's sort of like Paul. It's sort of like Paul. Lord have mercy. It's sort of like Paul on the boat. And the storm, he said, don't do it. And it was done. And it became a storm. And it required a man of God to turn the storm into salvation. Well. So do we have do we have strong do we have a strong enough ministry that can help us navigate amoral issues toward oh my God immerse amoral issues toward morality or toward moral well, to, and, and towards moral benefits okay I benefits. think I go. think okay there we go there we go there we go I I, I think we, that we have a ministry that's strong enough to guide us to moral benefits and help us avoid the, the immoral damage. Yes. That's what it all boils down to. Do yes. we have a ministry strong enough for that? And I say we do. I say we do. I, I say we do too. And that's why I'm saying, if, I don't think we need to go back to the discussion of television. That's, that's fought and won. I believe that, dare I say this? We ready for controversy? <laughs> Could it be that God has given us a tool like the internet that is more manageable? that can be pulled morally the right direction that 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 we can we can begin propagating the gospel evangelism efforts missional efforts podcasts <clears throat> yeah 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 well you yeah. only have that option or you avoid everything that's amoral right and if you're going to do that, how do you do that oh, if you're if you're going wow, to do that one, that's a strong one that's yeah. a strong one and can you well and where and where do you where do you stop with that because a vehicle can use can be used to bring people to to church a yep. bus yep. can be brought to bring, bring people to church or you can go to to las vegas or mm-hmm. new york city and see the party buses going down the road with every immoral act so at, at, at what point do you isolate it? You got to move out of your home, sell the car, <laughs> sell the bus. Yeah, it's 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 a challenge because otherwise we'll end up back at the cave. And when you're back at the cave, you can't save the world. Oh, no. And you struggle with suicide because exactly. that's what happened with Elijah. Exactly. You're so far isolated. You, you don't have anybody around you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, in the midst of all of this, 
and, and Bishop, you've done such an incredible job of highlighting it, but um, 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 amongst the immoral perils and, and potholes and pitfalls, there's incredible opportunities for the church. Incredible opportunity. And if we, oh Lord, have mercy. We need, we need men ministry that has vision and at the same time is morally cautious. Well said. Well said. And if we find a fivefold ministry that's got vision and yet morally cautious, we can take advantage of certain amoral things and make them useful to the kingdom. The question is, do we have enough courage to walk away from what we need to walk away and to embrace what we need to embrace? That's the question. And in that sense, I beg for your help. I want to be, I want to be fully used of God without selling out my soul like Balaam did. You know, missionaries, missionaries are under a lot of number pressure. Sure. Sure. I can understand that. Yeah. Because they want you to produce results. Yeah. And rightfully so. And rightfully so. But the seek for numbers cannot be at the cost of birthing Frankensteins. I can totally see that because wow. you're under so much pressure pressure to try to get the right result. You do the wrong thing. Wrong thing. Wrong wow. Thing. It's easy to overlook certain situations, hmm. especially as a missionary where there's really not anyone looking over your shoulder all that much, where that you can hide behind language barriers and you can, you know, do your own thing and sure. your native language and your uh, your your leader, your your elder doesn't really under you know if you lean. Balaam, my God, Balaam heard God's voice time after time after time, and yet when he should have heard God's voice, he spoke with his own voice and saying, bring the girls on. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's scary. And those of y'all that are listening, I beg you in the Holy Ghost, if you don't pray for anybody else, pray for me. I don't want, after hearing God's voice, I don't want to listen to my own voice and use. Okay. If you go back to Balaam, is sex illicit? No, it's not. If it's in the, if it's in the structure of marriage, go and multiply. Right. Sex is illicit when it becomes leaning toward perversion. Absolutely. That's scary. And as you've so rightfully said, Bishop, really, this is where accountability um, um, amongst 
amongst brethren is necessary within a church setting. You got to be, you got to, you got to have somebody that can talk to you to keep you balanced. Yeah. Thank you for being that voice for me. Well, you've been more to me than I have to you. So I guess we're not even, but at least I'm coming out ahead. Wow. That's been incredible today, Bishop. It's been great. Incredible. I think we'll have you back sometime. Let me, to close, to say my goodbye, I remembered a story my father told me. And uh, it may have, uh, of course, dad's gone now. I understood it to be, it happened to dad, to my father. It may not have, but I understood it to have been, happened to my father. My father went to a Bible school in the States when he was young. And he had a roommate there at that Bible school. And my father was talented with music, but this roommate was incredibly talented with music. He was one of those, what you had mentioned, these top musicians. And as time went along, he, this other young man started moving from moral to amoral to immoral and eventually left out of the Bible school and went to start playing in nightclubs because there was money there. Mm. And so is musical talent useful in God's kingdom? Yes, it is. Is good musical talent useful in God's kingdom? Yes, it is. Is good musical talent worth the price if it leans over to immorality? No, it's not. Right. Well, my father said that the last time he heard about this good friend that he had as a roommate, he was playing in a nightclub. And according to the person that told him, said he played in the nightclub, playing the piano, and he had a monkey that sat on the piano. And so it was sort of a clickbait thing, you know, the monkey people come up and put tips at the piano for him playing in the nightclub. The guy came up to him and told him and said, hey, do you know that your monkey's got his tail in your beer? And the guy was so drunk, and he said, well, if you can hum the tune, I can sing it. You know, thinking that the guy was asking for a song of the monkey tail and the beer. Wow. He was so far out. He was so far <laughs> out. He couldn't understand what was being said to him. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want a nightclub ministry. Wow. I want to be led by God. Wow. I need preaching to keep me moral and not allow me to become immoral. God bless you, man. Enjoyed it. <laughs>